the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. First of all, you know, one of the ways that a husband can serve his wife is by spending time praying for his wife, giving himself to interceding for his wife intelligently. That means you have to take some time to ask your wife how you can pray for her, what her needs are, what her struggles are. If you can't remember this, you write this down and you pray for her. It seems like I hear a lot more women saying that they pray for their husbands than men praying for their wives. That's pretty sad because the Bible says we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve is finishing up the first message in this series about the biblical marriage. If you have your Bible ready, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. So how does Jesus love his bride? Paul says in verse 25, he gave himself up for her. So when a husband is walking by the Spirit, he is going to love his wife, get this, with a Christ-like sacrificial love in the sense that he's not going to be stubborn, he's not going to be selfish, he's not going to see himself as the center of the universe, he is going to give himself up for his wife as her servant. Now, in practical terms, what does this mean? It means, guys, that you have to be willing to give up everything, everything, your time, your energy, your conveniences, your pleasures, your finances, even your life to serve your wife. It means that you lay down whatever you consider to be your rights, you lay them down for your wife. That's precisely how Jesus lived. He didn't live to please himself. Romans chapter 15, hear the word of God. Romans chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. That's a general truism. He's not talking about marriage here, but generally that's true. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. He lived to please the Father. He lived to minister to others. That's how our Lord lived. He lived to serve others. He lived to benefit them. He was a servant to others, sacrificing everything for the sake of the church. Listen, gentlemen, marriage is a call to death, your death. You must die to your own self-seeking interests and what you want to do as you seek to please your wife. But here's where it gets a little challenging. Listen closely. That wonderful woman that you are married to, She is a sinner. Do you get that? Did I say it loud enough? Because I want to whisper it here. She's a sinner. 
Therefore, she's not always going to treat you well. And your first impulse when she doesn't treat you so well will be to not treat her so well. And why is that the case? Listen closely. Because you are a sinner too. That's right. You're two sinners married. And who wants to be kind and serving to someone who treats you poorly? Who wants to be kind and serving to, to those who, who behave this way in such a sinful manner? I'll tell you who wants to be kind and serving to sinners. Jesus does. Jesus does and those who are filled with the Spirit. That's what they do. That's what they do. Many years ago, a man said to me, I will love my wife as Christ loves the church when she submits to me as the church is supposed to submit to Christ. Now, he wasn't kidding. What a ridiculous, sinful, absurd statement and attitude that is. Listen, the Bible calls Christian husbands to love their wives, get this, unconditionally, unconditionally, regardless of her behavior, just as Jesus Christ loves his very imperfect and sinful bride, the church. As someone so wisely put it, loving your spouse is not to love her as a saint, but as a sinner, as a sinner. See, marriage reveals and brings out the worst in us, right? So many negative things about your your wife, and I'm saying that because we're talking to husbands, it brings out horrible things in husbands too, but it reveals so many terrible things about your wife, but you are to love her as a sinner, otherwise you really don't love her at all. If you don't love her as a sinner, you don't love her at all, because that's real life. Listen, Jesus didn't love us and die for us when we were perfectly sanctified. He died for us, Paul says in Romans 5 verse 8. God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, meaning unsaved, rebellious, vile, wretched sinners, rebellious sinners, he laid down his life for us. Christ didn't wait until we've got it all together to love us. And he still loves us and we're not perfect. We're very sinful. So let me offer you men a couple of specific ways that you can sacrificially love your wives. This is just a couple of areas that I've come up with that I thought, you know what? You may not have thought of this. So let me help you. This is certainly just, guys, a taste. This is not all. It's a taste. First of all, you know, one of the ways that a husband can serve his wife is by spending time praying for his wife, giving himself to interceding for his wife intelligently. That means you have to take some time to ask your wife how you can pray for her, what her needs are, what her struggles are, If you can't remember this, you write this down and you pray for her. Jesus demonstrated his love for his church by interceding for her in John chapter 17. I dare say most husbands don't pray very much, if at all, for their wives. Or it's so superficial, they might as well not pray for her. But if you love your wife, give yourself to spending time praying for her. You know her better than anybody else. Pray for her. You should love her enough to know how to pray for her, and then you give yourself to praying for her. Secondly, according to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3, you should love her so much that you seek to give your wife pleasure sexually. There's a novel thought, but that's what Paul teaches. And this is is such a major problem with many husbands because they just see sex as something only or primarily for them to enjoy. But sacrificial love, and this is what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 7, puts your wife's desires ahead of your own. 
In case that sounds like a foreign verse to you, I repeat it again. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. Guys, you can look it up after. But in Ephesians 5, Paul goes on to speak of another dimension to the way that a spirit-filled husband is to love his wife. Notice verses 26 and 27. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. Paul speaks here of Christ's love for his church that in which he has the goal of sanctification in mind. In other words, the reason Jesus sacrificed for his church was ultimately to make her holy. Think about that. A spirit-filled husband is to love his wife by seeking to help her to grow in her faith. That ought to be what he does, to become more Christ-like. So what can you do, guys, to help your wife grow spiritually? Well, the primary thing you, you can do that you must do is set an example for her to follow. You be her leader by showing her how to have a meaningful relationship with Christ. You be the leader. You be the man. But listen, the truth is so many men, Christian men, are spiritual wimps. Just nowhere men. The the Beatles years ago had a song, he's a nowhere man. That's where many Christian men are. Their wives are much more godly than they are. Listen, I'm telling you, don't be a spiritual wimp. Be a godly man. Show your wife what it means to follow Christ. Show her the Christian life. Be in the word each day. Have a consistent quiet time. Get up early. Meet with the Lord. Ask her to pray with you. Encourage her to to think biblically as she faces the daily challenges of life. These are just some of the things you can do for her to help her grow spiritually. See, leadership in the home is not about you dictating to your wife, do this. I said, do that. It's about lovingly leading her, giving her an example she can follow. So she goes, oh, that's what it means to follow Christ. I see this in my husband. Listen, if you are not in the word, then you will never be spirit-filled. If you are not spirit-filled, you will not love your wife like Christ wants you to love her. So love your wife. My prayer is that the husbands of our church will be repentant. Those who have not done this will be broken and repentant before the Lord and will make changes starting today. See, the issue isn't, what's wrong with my wife? If she got her act together, we'd have a great marriage. The issue is, how do I need to change? Before the Lord, what do I need to do differently? Well, I'm telling you, what we study today, that's what you need to do. But we move on for a few moments to how a wife behaves when she's filled with the Spirit. Notice Ephesians, once again, chapter 5, verses 22 and following. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Paul says that a spirit-filled wife is going to submit to her own husband in the sense that she is going to follow his leadership in the same way that the church is to follow the leadership of Jesus Christ. To sum it up, she's to, she's to submit to her husband by obeying him. Now, if you've not been exposed to much of the teaching of the New Testament, this is going to sound like nonsense to you. In fact, there's a couple who uh, I spoke to in the morning service who've 
are here for the winter months. They're heading back north. The lady said, you might not survive this, this series. You might get shot saying these, these kinds of things. So um, I said, well, you'll hear about it. She said, I'll, I'll be listening to the CDs up north. And if you hear a gunshot go off, you'll know what happened. But I'll be wearing a bulletproof vest. I understand that if you've not been exposed to the teaching of Scripture, this sounds ridiculous. This sounds like caveman kind of stuff, but that's only because you're conditioned by society. God's standards have not changed. He says that a wife is to submit to her husband. Now, this does not mean that she's less than her husband. Not at all. Not, it does not mean that she is inferior to her husband. It does mean, though, that her role is distinct, even as his role is, is distinct. In every institution in, that God has created, there must be one who is in authority and one who submits. God has chosen in the home for the husband to be in authority and the wife to submit. But let me tell you something important about submission. Submission is relatively easy when you respect those in authority over you and you agree with them. Nobody really has a problem submitting to those they agree with. No one. But the real test of spirituality, and in this case, a wife's spirituality, is to submit to a husband who doesn't have the kind of character that generates respect and who she's not in agreement with. Then what? Well, then you notice the last phrase of verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands. Here's the phrase, as to the Lord. This phrase Ladies, as to the Lord is the key to understand what Paul is is saying about submission to a husband. And it is the truth that liberates a wife to submit to her husband regardless of his character. See, in telling wives to submit to their husbands as to the Lord, Paul is saying that a wife's act of submission to her husband is an act of submission to Jesus Christ himself. You see that? That's exactly what he's saying. This is the driving force behind a wife's submission to her husband. A wife's submission to her husband is to be done, watch this, out of sheer obedience to the Lord. And she is to see her husband and his authority over her as God sovereignly ordaining this, God placing this man over you to lead you. That's what he goes on to say. Look look at verses 23 and 24. This is the analogy. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body, but as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Just as a husband is to love his wife, as Christ loves the church, so a wife is to respond to her husband as the church is to respond to Christ. Now, ladies... I know that some of you are married to very difficult men. I know that. Some who make it more difficult because they claim to know Christ, but they don't behave as if they know Christ. They are thoughtless, insensitive, often rejecting you by being into pornography, unloving towards you, selfish at times, insulting at times, uncaring, inconsiderate, ungrateful. I could go on and on. Submitting to a man like that is a great challenge, but you can do it. You can do it, but only when you're filled with the Spirit. Because it is only when you are filled with the Spirit that you will even have the right thinking to recognize that in submitting to your husband, you are really submitting to your Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and obeying his command. You see, just as a husband 
needs to love you as a sinful wife. So you need to submit to him as a sinful husband. Not a perfect man. And to not do this is a grave sin because you are violating scripture. You are violating God's word. He says that he has placed this man over you. God is sovereign. He is wise. He is loving. He is good. He didn't do this to mess up your life. He knows what he's doing. Here's what it boils down to. Can you trust God, this sovereign, good, wise, loving God? Can you trust him to work through your sinful husband? That's what it boils down to. This is a matter of trusting God to work through your sinful husband. But you'll never be able to do this without a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you constantly have to fill your mind with biblical truth so so that you starve your fleshly thoughts of anger. Anger at who? Anger at God for giving you this man. And anger at this man for the way he treats you. Self-pity, unforgiveness, and even bitterness. See, once again, the key to being the kind of wife that God wants you to be is godliness. It's, it's your godliness, regardless of the spiritual condition of your husband. He may be a spiritual deadbeat, but it doesn't matter. Not as far as your submission is concerned. And, and I want to just have you look at one other scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter starts off, verse 1, in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Now, Peter makes this point here. Peter calls wives to submit to their husbands, even if they're unsaved. That's what he means when he says disobedience of the word. It also applies to husbands who say they're Christians, but are still disobedient to the word. And Peter says that a wife is to respond to a husband like this by her godly behavior. In other words, show your husband respect, ladies, by submitting to him, even if you don't respect his character. And then notice what he says in verse 3. He tells the wives to make sure that their focus and their priority is on what? Inward character, inward beauty. The development of godly character, not outward beauty. Now, a word to the wives is important. Ladies, this ought not to be taken as an encouragement to neglect your physical appearance as if spirituality was looking as plain Jane as possible. Your husband appreciates you looking as good as you can. Peter's not saying neglect your outward appearance. He's just saying that your priority should be your inward godliness, not your outward appearance. That's all. That's your priority. But there's something more here than just submitting to a husband. Notice once again, verse 4. He says, a gentle and a quiet spirit is precious to God. Now, what does he mean by this? Well, let me tell you what he doesn't mean by this. He's not talking about a gentle and quiet mouth. He's not saying that a a wife can't say, I respectfully disagree, or I I think you're wrong. He's not saying that. He's not saying that once you get married, you can't say anything to your husband in disagreement. No, God gave Eve as a helper to Adam. You are your husband's helper. Speak up. He didn't say a gentle and quiet mouth. He says a gentle and quiet spirit. The spirit he's talking about is attitude. 
A gentle and a quiet spirit is a humble attitude. It's a peaceful attitude that is at rest in God's sovereign plan to place you under the authority of this difficult husband. In other words, Peter is calling wives to give up their so-called rights to do whatever she wants and not yell and shout at her husband that I have certain rights too and if you think I'm going to do what you want me to do, then you've got another thing coming. Peter says, that's not the right approach. What is precious to God is when a wife says, I will be under the authority of this man that God has placed over me and I will trust God to work through him. That is what is precious in the sight of God. And you'll only do that, ladies, when you are filled with the Spirit. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want a taste of heaven in your marriage, then attend to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Walk by the Spirit and you will eliminate so much selfishness in your marriage. Make sure you're daily in the Word. Make sure you're applying the Word. Make sure you're spending time with the Lord in in prayer. And here's what I want you to do today. If you're serious about demonstrating that the word means something to you. I want you to go home and at some point today, you sit down, gentlemen, with your, with your wife and you ask your wife how you can better serve her. Where are you failing in this area? Where are you succeeding? What can you do to be a better servant to her? If you can't remember what she says to you, write this stuff down and then do it. And then ladies, I want you to ask your husband's how can I be more submissive to you? What am I not doing in this area? You tell me to do something and maybe I disregard it. Maybe I don't care. Maybe I don't even look to you anymore for leadership. You talk about this. Do I speak to you properly? Do I listen to you? How can I submit to you? How can I show you more respect? But listen, it's a two-way street. Ask and then listen. Have a good, honest talk today. Not tomorrow, today. If you leave it for tomorrow, you probably won't do it. Now listen, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, some of this stuff must sound just silly. You've never heard anything like this, but that's because you are blind to spiritual truth. And from your perspective, life is all about you. But the Bible says that's the epitome of sin. That's the heart of sin. Self ruling on the throne. For you to understand these things, you need to turn from your your sin of self-rule in your life and turn to Jesus Christ to be saved, to be forgiven of your sin, to have him be Lord of your life. When that takes place, not only will God forgive you of your sin, you'll stop being the center of the universe and he'll start being what he rightfully is, the center of the universe in your life. And then you will learn what it means to be a servant as you serve others, especially your spouse. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for the teaching of the word of God. We love you, Lord. And Lord, we have to admit that when we read about these things, this goes against the grain of our natural inclinations, which is all about us. Lord, help us, all of us, to die to ourselves, to be so controlled by the spirit of God, to fill our minds with your truth that we will be compelled to serve our spouse. Lord, may this not go in one ear and out the the other. May we really do something about this. Such a problem in Christian marriages. I pray that there will be great changes taking place in the married lives of the folks of Lakeside. 
Lord, I pray for anyone here who's never trusted Christ that you'll open their hearts to the gospel and that they'll see that Christ is the center of the universe, not themselves. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We all have a sin problem, don't we? And it helps if we remember that we can only work on our own sins, not those of others, especially those to whom we're married. Thanks for joining us today for Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For information about Lakeside, including service times and directions, call the office at 727-441-1714 or go online to lakesidechapel.com. If you'd like to help support Verse by Verse financially or request a free CD with this entire message, that's also the number to call, 727-441-1714. Another listening option is to visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, and go to the message archive page. It's also another way to help financially support this ministry. Click the giving link to discover how easy it is to give securely online. We're deeply thankful for the generous listeners who help pay for our airtime on this radio station. I'm Jerry Peterson. I got to tell you, my wife makes great lasagna, but recently she tried a new recipe that was on the noodle box. Yikes. Worst lasagna ever. She's going back to the original recipe. Next time on Verse by Verse, we'll go to the book of Genesis for God's original marriage recipe. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.